0: Diamondbacks baseball is fast approaching. Spring training a couple of weeks in now. We wanted to get some insight from somebody very, very close to the team as to what he's seeing from the team. And that gentleman is Steve Gilbert. He covers covers the Arizona Diamondbacks for MLB.com. Steve, thanks for carving out a few minutes for us today. Really appreciate it.
1: Hey, my pleasure, guys. How are you all today? We're
0: doing well. Thanks. Uh, we are from afar, I should say, because I haven't been able to see him up close in person yet, but we are all fascinated by just how fast Corbin Carroll is, and I'm curious <laughs> if he looks any faster up close and in person.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. Normally when a ball's hitting the gap, you know, when you're in the press box, you kind of watch the ball. You're kind of seeing where the you know infielders are setting up for a cutoff. You're watching the outfielders. Same kind of thing that Tori Lavella said that he watches from the dugout, but when Corbin Carroll's running, it's hard to not just watch him run, and that's what Tory was saying. He's always kind of watching him and, and seeing how he circles the bases. It's, uh, it's quite a sight to see. It, it, you know, he had that, the, the fastest sprint speed in Major League Baseball last year. So uh, definitely somebody that can fly and uh, fun to watch once he gets going.
2: So do you think that because we we can all acknowledge the roster is built with a ton of speed, particularly the, the outfield, but he's got a couple guys in the infield like Josh Rojas who could swipe 20 bags with ease. Should the Diamondbacks be emphasizing stealing bases, particularly with the rule changes, or is that just going to be a natural byproduct of the speed that's on the roster? <laughs>
1: I think it's a natural bride product. I think it's something that they, um, you know, they kind of encourage anyway with Dave McKay as their first base coach. Dave is such a good, uh, good at picking out what pitchers do, little tells that pitchers have. Uh, if you notice sometimes guys steal before the ball's even delivered to home plate, that's because it's usually what we call, what they call a Dave McKay special where he's, <laughs> he's picked up on something that the pitcher does that, that indicates he's always going to go home when he does that. Um, and so you see a lot of guys steal some bases like that. So that's always been kind of a, a, a emphasis here, but I think that uh, it's going to be even more so with the bigger bases with the with the pitch timer and all those kind of things, I think they're working on now kind of how to exploit those rules if they can.
0: So far, they've there's been like a couple of pitch clock violations. I don't, I don't know if I've been hearing of or seen any of the other violations, like with the shift changes and stuff like that. But how do you gauge how the players have been adjusting to some of these rule changes just from your vantage point?
1: Yeah, you know, I think there was a lot of skepticism at first. I think they're starting to get more comfortable with it. I think you've seen some violations in terms of you know, some some guys weren't clear that they had to finish their first warm up toss um, and be ready to pitch with with uh, 30 seconds left on the clock. Uh, you know, between innings, so they, they've gotten dinged a couple times on that. Um, that's mainly been the violation is the pitch clock one. Uh, I haven't really seen anything as far as shifting goes or, or anything like that. Um, so I think. A lot of the players are kind of, you know, the younger ones obviously have played within the minor leagues and and they're kind of being leaned on by the veterans to kind of pick their brains as to how they've, they adjusted to it and what they did. It's kind of a turnaround from the way spring training usually is when you got the younger players uh, trying to get advice from the, from the veterans.
2: We're talking with Steve Gilbert from MLB.com. And Steve, I did want to ask you about the fifth spot in the starting rotation. Seems to be one of the most uh, uh, popular competitions that people are keeping an eye on. We've seen a lot of, uh, at least some of the most innings we've seen are Tommy Henry, Dre Jamison, Ryan Nelson's in that conversation. But I heard Tori Lovello say last week that Brent Strom, the pitching coach, asked him in the offseason, can we get more power pitching? They certainly added those names in the bullpen. If that same philosophy applies to the starting rotation, then does Jamison have the leg up already on those other guys?
1: Well, I think Jamison has has pitched well his first two times out this this spring. So I think he he may have a leg up in that regard. I don't know that, that, that when you're talking about starting pitching that they're as concerned about velocity as they were um, towards the back end of the bullpen, when they wanted guys to miss more bats in crucial situations late in ball games, uh, so I don't I don't know that that's necessarily going to going to play a, a role in it. But I think that uh, the way Jameson's looked so far has been very good. They're still still early in camp, still plenty of time for other guys to you know to to jump up there. Whether it's a Brandon Bot or the, the guys you mentioned, Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson are the other main uh, you know competitors along with Dre Jameson. But so far. You know, Jameson's uh, first two outings has looked uh, extremely sharp. His stuff has been really good. Correct me if
0: I'm wrong, Steve. I believe he's only had one outing so far in spring, and then he's got another one upcoming this weekend. Madison Bumgarner, I think there's a lot of, just from my opinion, there's a lot of pressure on him this year to meet the level of expectation that he's had for the past couple of years. In a scenario where he starts to struggle again, what do you personally envision happening moving forward with Mad Bum? Is it just bullpen or do you think they just kind of ride him out as best they can
1: yeah you know i we're going to get confirmation from tory here in the next 45 minutes or so but he's supposed to start tomorrow It'd be his first spring start uh, we've seen him on some backfields and some simulated game action but uh the first look at him in a game should be tomorrow uh in Goodyear against the uh, guardian but uh i you know i don't know what's going to happen with that they, they made it pretty clear that regardless of what kind of spring he has he's going to be in the rotation um, I think that they're, they're, you know, they're going to ride him out uh, as long as they can. I think they're still hopeful that uh, you know, maybe with some adjustments and, and whatnot that he's been working on during the offseason so far this spring, that, that they'll see some better results.
2: One guy I wanted to ask you about, Steve, uh, he's currently leading the team in at-bats in spring early on, is Pavin Smith. He's getting a couple of looks here and there. He's a guy who I consider to be on the bubble for making the roster for opening day. I think he's a below-average outfielder. I think he's a decent backup first baseman. But you have a first baseman who I think played like 160 games last season. So is Paven Smith, where does he fit into this whole equation for the Diamondbacks when it comes to whether or not he makes the roster?
1: Yeah, I think he's in the mix for that final position player spot, you know, as, as is Kyle Lewis and uh, Emmanuel Rivera, kind of the, the top competitors for that. They really like uh, Paven Smith, uh, his approach at the plate. They like his swing. Uh, last year they sent him down, and, and with the intent that it was only going to be a two-week demotion to AAA to kind of work on his swimming a little bit and then bring him back, and then he ended up injuring his, uh, his wrist and missed most of the rest of the year. He went down to winter ball, good there for a month, so – Uh, They're they're still pretty high on him. Um, I I think that he's a guy that they would like to have uh, as a possible DH candidate at times. As you mentioned, a a backup first baseman, Christian Walker, did play 160 games last year. I think they would love to have him play fewer games this year. Um, You It was a point of pride for him to always be out there and always be playing, but I think they would like to kind of manage his workload a little bit better uh, this year.
0: Steve Gilbert with MLB.com covers the Diamondbacks joining us here on Arizona Sports Saturday on the Arizona Sports Line. Steve, I want to ask you just your broad view opinion of the the moves that Mike Hazen has made this offseason, particularly the two trades that he made. You mentioned Lewis, but then also getting Moreno and Gurriel and then the addition of Longoria and free agency. What do you think those moves have done overall for the team?
1: Well, I think they've certainly added more competition and more depth. If you look at some of the acquisitions he's made in the bullpen, uh, which you referenced earlier, kind of adds some, some velocity and some arms that can throw hard uh, down there and makes for more competition, gives them more options. So I think he, that, that's one. I think Moreno has looked really good so far at the plate, uh, catching-wise. I think that really adds to their catching depth. if You, you have both he and Carson Kelly. Um, so that's been a positive for them. And Kyle Lewis, we'll see, is going to get into a game this weekend and uh, be interesting to see what he can do. He's been battling a little uh, leg fatigue, Tory said, and that's why he hadn't been in the game this week. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what 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 he can do as well. Christian Walker
2: had 36 home runs last season. Dalton Varsho had 27. The next highest, I believe, that's still on the team was 12, I think, was Cattell Marte, or maybe it was 14. Uh, there seems to be a lack of power after the trade of Dalton Varsho. Is that a big concern for this team? I know they're faster. I know that their batting average will probably be higher with additions like Moreno and Guriel, But is there an obvious lack of power in this lineup?
1: Uh, you know, certainly the, the, the trading Varsho costs them a little bit of power, but I think uh, you know Guriel's got some pop in his hat. We've we've seen that this spring. You know, he's looked he's looked pretty good. Um, if Catel Marte gets back to the Catel Marte that he was in 2019, um, you'll see some more pop from him too. So I think that they kind of feel like uh, the power will be made up in kind of the aggregate with some of these other guys. Because Corbin Carroll has a has a surprising amount of pop for for his size and and his you know his speed and the other attributes that he has, so uh, I think right now they're not overly concerned about their power, but we'll see how it plays out during the season.
0: Steve, thanks so much for the time. Good to catch up with you. Hopefully, we can catch up more as the season rolls on. Thanks.
1: Sounds good, guys. Take care.
0: That's Steve Gilbert with MLB.com, covers the Arizona Diamondbacks getting ready for another spring training game today. That game upcoming later today will actually have for you on our airwaves one of the split squad games, I should say. They're hosting the Padres at Salt River Field. That one we'll have for you right after us at 1 o'clock.